yeah, I think I'd give it like a six out of ten. I was pondering going closer to a five. It was just it was very mid. Yeah, it was incredibly mid. Uh, loved some of the stuff. The Silk Song thing will be hype. Like, there's a couple things we can break out as social posts. Yeah. One of us being reacting to Silk Song, the other one being us reacting to the fucking the subtitle guy coming in. Oh yeah, <laughs> a parade. Uh, but yeah, I. I don't know. I felt like they were really going to bring it and like kind of bring the hammer, especially with PlayStation Plus's uh, new version coming out mm-hmm. literally tomorrow. Um, I think it's tomorrow, right? Isn't it June 13th? Somewhere. I don't know exactly. I want to say that's when they were targeting anyway. Um, yeah. A little underwhelmed. A I'm little. Res- glad that they're sticking with this structure of show. Yes, me too. But even I'm- despite our praise of like the, okay, trailer, world premiere, blah, blah, blah. They did include a few extended lulls yeah. that did kind of take you out of it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. Was Okay, now that we've seen the show, do you think the 12-month approach was the right one? No. I don't think so either. <clears throat> because I, I do they think had enough. they had room for probably a couple of things that would have come out next holiday. Yeah. That really would have, if you spaced them correctly, would have raised the whole... Like average flow of the show, drop Fable in there, drop right. you know Avowed, like whatever. Perfect Outer Dark Worlds, remake, Perfect something Dark. like that. Any because last year all those games were there. Yeah, like yeah, we know they're out. They're, we know they're, they're coming. coming, and you expect okay if they announce it last year, I think the logical thing is oh this year is the year we see gameplay or we get a release date like whatever. Right. right. So yeah, I agree that they sort of had to fill a lot of time. If they're, I respect the structure. Sure. At the beginning, when we just, they're like, okay, we're going to do games for the next year. It sounded cool. Yeah. I take it back. I don't think it's cool anymore. <laughs> well, so <clears throat> quickly, Miles asked, uh, does it come out just like it is, or will there be a 1.0 update? They didn't really say. I don't think they I don't know Grounded well enough to show if they to know if they like tease new features or not. Um, they just kind of said it's finally coming out of early access. Uh, yeah, I, I, I wonder, though, is this one of those things that you just kind of have to eat it the first year you do it? Sure. Like now, because I think the only way this makes sense is if they say now every game showcase, whatever they're calling them, is going to be the next year. Right. That would make some sense. I think what you do, you can stick to the year format, but you better make the show one hour. Yeah, that's true. That was too long. It was too long for a one continuous year's worth of games. A year in which you're going to have max like two or three games that people really care about. Like, mm. broad public games, like big commercial games. Right. Uh, otherwise, you're going to have to fill it with random stuff. So, 90 minutes was too long. Uh, Blizz said they also announced that they're that they're switching to a model of more shows throughout the year. Is that true? Oh, no. So, I think the structure was less of a big deal. It's not like we have to wait 12 months again to more State news on State of X. Don't do that. I hate Terrible. it. I hate Bad the idea. direct model. I hate directs. I hate... I don't hate directs, but like... I hate State of Plays for the most part. Yeah, I do too. I miss... Like, I thought we we were applauding them on the last podcast of, like, Xbox is doing the novel thing of we're going to give you one day and own the day and own the news cycle. And I know for PR's sake, it's probably better to own the day three different times out of the year as opposed to one. But I feel like if this is the level of announcements they're getting for their one big show, and maybe it's not their one big show anymore, but this was the one that everybody thought was the big show. Exactly. And it's like you can own the day. But this is the day you're going to own with way more eyes right. than if you randomly just like, hey, we're having a 30-minute little show. Yeah, because you and I wouldn't get together to stream it. No. So many other people wouldn't stream it. 
we knew that this was the de facto E3 show. Right. People are going to watch the first couple weeks of June, hour and a half long show. Right. Because you expect that's when all the big stuff is going to be there. Yeah. You do a show in six months that's dedicated to a game, and Sony is the example. People aren't going to really care. Right. Well, so do we think... Hmm. I guess we're breaking this out as like the post show. Sure. Do we think this is like the death of E3 finally? I don't know because I don't know what E3's plans are for the return next year. Sure. Because they have those plans. They were announced that, okay, we're not doing E3 this year, but we have plans in the works for whatever it exists as next year. Right. But do... I don't think that it's going to be different substantially. If anything, it's just a fully digital platform for hey here's a week we'll stream your stuff on our channel right what else is there to do yeah i don't know was the last person last in person one 2019 then the last virtual one 2020 yes yeah because last year there wasn't one this year there's not one they're coming back next year yeah i don't see a reason why e3 would need to come back they keep saying but next year for real but it's not happening Honestly, logically, it doesn't make sense for it to come back. I am just pining for the days of old where all the game companies would get together. And again, we've talked many times on why that doesn't make sense anymore with the dawn of the Internet. And you can own your own day and you can do a conference whenever you want. And it's not like you have to wait for like, uh, you know, the reason E3 used to be all together in one show is so like your USA Today's and your New York Times would cover you. Now you don't really have to do that anymore. Um, So I get logically why it doesn't make sense to do it. But the same could be said for Comic-Con, and Comic-Con's still a really big deal. So I, I kind of wish there was more, at least, adherence to the time frame of mm-hmm. E3. Uh, but we're not going to get that anymore. At least, I wish there was a... I, I almost wish there was some sort of rule, which it's not going to be, but that you only could do one show a year. Yeah. Because that, that makes them way more fun, even if it is like a PSX or like a Nintendo Treehouse kind of thing. Like, you only get one... Or this. You only get one show a year. Because it's just... I honestly, I would really love to see, and I'm sure they've run the numbers on this, but like the value of sort of owning the day four or five times throughout a year or really owning the day once a year, I wonder what the the real value is there. Because I think you make a better pitch for your platform if you do it once. Sure. And you're like, look at all the shit coming to PlayStation the next year, as opposed to, hey, if you want to watch Deathloop, come over here, but otherwise don't worry about it. Like... I mean, this is what we talked about earlier about just getting more eyes on it, but imagine if they just unloaded the barrel, and I guess that's what Xbox was trying to do, and they just didn't do it, of, all right, here's the one time you're going to hear from us this year, see you next year, here's everything. Like, I don't know. I almost wonder if they're, I don't think they're pondering actually doing this, because this is a, you know, your state of plays, your E3 type shows are critical, or at least a critical cog in your marketing machine. Yeah. But, for example... Elden Ring just sold absolute gangbusters after being pretty much just shown once at Jeff Keighley's Summer Game Fest thing, which was not as high profile. It was like like 3 o'clock in the afternoon on a weekday. That's true. Like, so not as high profile of a show, but then sold like crazy because the internet blew it up. Right. And it's like, is the expectation going forward just going to be that word of mouth marketing is the primary way you're going to sell your games? I don't think so. I don't know because I think Elden Ring is a is it's a, a weird special example. case because that is like a high profile AAA thing. Sure. Like I think the reason you do and I guess the reason you do more shows throughout the year 
is to use the brand of one big game to yes. raise the profile of a Absolutely. bunch of little games, which I think you can still do with the once a year thing. And maybe like, honestly, one of the coolest games we saw was high on life, which neither of us heard about and both like it. I don't imagine that's a massive game. Um, so like, I think that's the way you do it. And it's just now, I guess the real value proposition thing, and we're getting like super deep into marketing stuff, but the real value for them would be how often can we do a show and still get enough eyes on it that it's worth to do the show. Yeah. And I guess that's what they're all doing and going like, okay, if we go quarterly, we still get enough views that we raise the value of other games. But I really feel like if you get a million eyes on, or I don't know how many people watch these kinds of things, but like, let's say a million eyes on your smaller games once a year versus a hundred thousand eyes four times a year. I feel like that makes more sense to go the, the former way. I don't know. Here's what I'll say about this show. Was there a single big AAA game that we did not kind of expect to be here? I don't think there was. No, I mean, we expected Scorn AAA. I don't know, but I, I don't know. But I mean, we expected Redfall. We expected Starfield. Yeah, you know, we expected Forza. So going into this, you sort of had all of these middling trailers and two tent poles because you had Redfall at the beginning and Starfield at the end. Right, the two games that have been delayed. <laughs> yeah. So, if their purpose was, hey, we're going to draw people in with the allure of these big games, I don't know that anyone came to this show because they wanted to see Redfall and Starfield. That's a good point. You can go to YouTube and see Redfall and Starfield. That's a really good point. We didn't, I came here hoping to see something that wasn't Redfall or Starfield in addition to Redfall, Redfall and, and Starfield. Starfield. Yeah. So, you sort of showed me all these other games that are not, you know, and you hate to critique... I'm not critiquing the games. I'm not critiquing the devs. I'm critiquing the excitement that the public is going to have about these games sure. and Xbox's decision to put them on this platform. Yeah, totally. That's You need something else to get the eyes on the game, something that people aren't expecting. I expected everything big that was shown pretty much. Right. The big tentpole games. Everything else that was unexpected was not something that I had already had in mind that I was looking forward to or whatever. Right. You sort of get what I'm yeah, yeah, totally. I, I think this, again, goes back to the point we made earlier, too, of Xbox not really getting who this show is for. Yeah. Um, this was, like, think of the amount of time they spent between, like, Forza, I'll excuse, because I think that does have a bigger audience, but, like, Flight Simulator and Diablo 4 and Overwatch 2 and that Aura game, like... And even the Riot games to a certain extent, like you're not going to get the people like our buddy Skinny, mm-hmm. who cares nothing about PC gaming and wants to play mostly like, you know, AAA sort of action story based games, those kinds of things. What could he take from this other than Redfall and Starfield? Like and maybe our collective hype for Silk Song might convince sure. him. But like it's it's one of those things, too, where it's like, who are you marketing to? And I guess I don't know. I, I don't know if their philosophy is trying to get more PC people on board with Game Pass. Maybe that's their end goal and that's why they're doing this. I just feel like they devoted way too much time to the wrong things. Mm -hmm. Um, And I would... It's funny because we did applaud them for the pace and the pace was great. Uh, I still think you can get rid of the talking head developer thing. Mm -hmm. I don't think that ever makes anything better. Ever. I'm fine with with, uh, 
with Phil Spencer coming out and talking, and I'm fine with Pete Hines coming out and talking. That I get. And maybe Todd, because he has some sort of cachet, sure. and maybe Kojima, because he has cachet. But, like, we didn't need to hear from... I mean, Sarah Bond is, like, the president. So, either Sarah or Phil, we don't need them both. Like, uh, we didn't need to hear from the French lady for that random painter game, because mm-hmm. that that was weird. They put a lot of emphasis on that game, and it seems scale-wise like a lot of the other indie games. Yeah. Um, we didn't need to hear from the Diablo 4 guy at all. Like, it's it's a very weird philosophy thing that it seems... I don't know if there's sort of a lot of compromising going on from different teams of, like, the PC team being like, we got to get Diablo in there. We got to get Flight Sim in there. And then, you know, the console team is like, well, we want Redfall. You know, I don't know if it's one of those things <coughs> and what we see is sort of the end result of a bunch of conversations, but it just feels sort of... Like you said, shotgun blast, right? Yeah. It's like, all right, we're going to try to touch as many audiences as we can. But in doing that, it felt like they focused toward the wrong audience mostly. And because for me, anyway. you're not going to look at any one of these individual trailers, maybe outside of Redfall and Starfield, right? and say, I'm watching this trailer. This game looks good. Therefore, I'm going to get Game Pass. Right. No one game <clears throat> outside of the big ones sells Game Pass subscriptions. Sure. So what's going to sell those Game Pass subscriptions? Them saying the phrase at the beginning, we've got 30 plus games. Most of them are going to be on Game Pass after every quick bullet trailer available day one on Game Pass. Right. It's just that over and over and over again. Yeah. The trailers themselves were borderline irrelevant. Sure. <laughs> like the the only thing that's relevant is that we were shown a myriad of types of games. Yeah. It's a scale set. Yeah. They didn't sell a game. They sold a the platform library. of games. Yeah. Which they did well enough I guess sure. yeah but again is selling a platform of games I mean you sold a platform of games to the volume of people that watch this show the same group of people who are about to go on Twitter <laughs> and see all these trailers right. who didn't watch this show right yeah. it was unnecessary yeah you can put, pump out as much as you want you can tweet out, here's how many games are coming to Game Pass. Here's games that are coming day one. Here's the Riot graphic. Yeah. Here's that Persona's coming. All that kind of stuff. <laughs> Which almost makes me feel like this This is sort of a roundabout you know, circle of life thing. Have we just come full circle to the point that this is no longer marketing necessary and it's purely for entertainment? Maybe. You know? Yeah. Like, I watch this less because, oh, I, I already have Game Pass. I'm not being sold by this. Right. I wanted to watch this because I wanted to see something cool. Like, yeah, that's yeah. pretty much what it boils down to. Uh, I'm gonna get back to that. I'm gonna catch up with okay. chat really quick. Uh, yeah, old E3 did feel completely different to what it is now. Someone just called Starfield No Man's Sky too. Yeah, we said that a lot uh, during the trailer. I'm gonna be excited when we get an Indiana Jones update. I would have popped for that. Indiana Jones, James Bond, like there's so many. Any of the EA stuff since yeah. we established there was no EA Live this year. Uh, Machine Games, yeah, Machine Games is great. With everything being coming to day, uh, Game Pass Day One with PC next to Xbox consoles, got to be shopping for e play, uh, for PC players. Yeah, and I think that's fine, but I, I I think they, I don't know, I don't know that you do that here. Yeah, I feel like this isn't marketing at all because the people who watch this are hyped for the games anyway. The normal average Joe does not watch these. This is for the nerds. Uh, I agree somewhat. I think that's kind of the point we're getting to, and, and I'll go back to Jay's point too, of like, I think in theory. Well, first of all, I think the group of like nerds who watch this is so much larger than people account for. Sure, um, like, it's sort of a middle ground between casuals and hyper nerds that sure. watch yes. stuff like this. And even if you're not a, like, even if you're not live streaming it, you might read IGN every day, and you might see the trailers tomorrow. Um, it could be something like that, but I don't know. 
I'm trying to think of the correct way to phrase this. Like, in my head, if I am the, the marketing director of Xbox, my whole thing is selling people on Xbox the brand, mm-hmm. right? That's the powerful move. That's why PlayStation has so much cachet still. It still leads the... Because people were sold on PlayStation the brand through all of the through all of its IP. So if I own Xbox, I want to go as guns blazing as I can to say, even if it was very clear they were trying to show only Game Pass games, which yeah. I get. But I would try to get as many get Call of Duty. Why not get like you know you uh, own it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> get any sort of EA third party thing you can. Get some Ubisoft announcement. I want to try to be the home for gaming announcements through this mm-hmm. because I think people will then ipso facto their way to Xbox is the home of all these games. That's the idea. You sell people on Xbox as a platform. Obviously that then sells them on game pass. That's I think the difference in philosophy where they're just trying to sell them on a subscription. And my theory would be sell them on the brand, which will then in turn sell them on the subscription. Yeah. Like I think because PlayStation used to do this so well of like they would get, People think of Bungie as a play, or sorry, as Destiny as a PlayStation game mm-hmm. because Destiny was announced for PlayStation at a PlayStation show, and like people think of certain uh, Rockstar games as more PlayStation centric. People think of uh, Call of Duty for years was PlayStation centric. Like there is a sort of uh, like subtle messaging thing where you just tie your brand to these games. And therefore become like the home of these games without owning anything else. You just showed their trailer first or you just kept showing their trailer or whatever. Um, I think that is a stronger way to do it than, hey, all these PC things you like, they're on Game Pass. And the funny thing is that's pretty clearly demonstrated in their like slogans. The best place to play. Right. PlayStation. Yeah. They're not selling you on numbers, even though regrettably that might be what they're about to try to do. Yeah. Yeah. their whole thing was we have the best games on the best platform. Right. Whereas Xbox is like, we have all the games right. on all the platforms, yeah. which is a just different approach. Sure. But is not singularly as exciting as any, if you like had to throw a dart at an exciting announcements dartboard of here's all the games they could announce that are exciting. My think, I think the odds are you're going to land on a PlayStation announcement over an Xbox announcement. Totally. And, I think that's damaging to the idea of what an Xbox game is. Yeah. So. Yeah. And I think part of that is that Xbox is still obviously, and we've talked about this for a while, still obviously in their building stages yeah. for that kind of, you know, having really monumental IP tied to itself. But, you know, instead of trying to, it seems like one of their solutions has now been to go out and buy the IP as opposed mm-hmm. to making it. And I don't know that that excites that many people when you can still play Call of Duty on Xbox when you could have played Call of Duty on Xbox 10 years ago. Um, well, like it makes a good point, too, of, like, how do you make PC the PC audience appeal more organic than it felt this one, this time because it felt very forced? I think the way you do it is just... I think PC gamers are not that different a breed than console gamers. I think your big games are going to appeal to everybody. Yeah. Or if anything, they're the sect that you have to market to the least. Right. Because, yeah, PC can play everything. Yeah. So a Starfield's still going to appeal to them. A Redfall's going to appeal to them. Like, even Silksong. I'm sure tons of people played Hollow Knight on Steam. Like, I I think 
there is sort of a misconception of what a PC gamer is, and it's still kind of rooted in like 20 years ago PC gamers with flight sim, and they have their flight sticks and their steering wheels yeah. and all that kind of shit, uh, when really it's just another box to play yeah. games All on. you need is the little addendum also can be played on PC. Right. And yeah. that's the little like, okay, Xbox cool. PC, Xbox console, and you're good. Anyway. Yeah. Well, it was a show. It was a show. Do you think this is the only show we see like this this year? Yes. Or, well... You don't think Sony does a big show? I'm starting to think it's less and less likely. I think so, too. I don't think you announced The Last of Us stuff at Summer Games Fest. I know. That's what The fact that they partnered with Summer Games Fest, I'm like... I think there will maybe be one more state of play this summer in, like, August that's a decent... Like, this most recent state of play that was, like relatively substantial by comparison to the others. Right. But I don't know. I don't I don't envision them doing like an hour long, you know, showcase where they actually have talking heads and that sort of thing. A bunch of trailers, right? There'd be like a state of play supreme. I don't know, like something weird. <laughs> like the PS five one they did. Yeah. Something yeah. like that. Which I'm fine with if that's what they do. I mean those shows were as great. As long as it's long. <laughs> but you forty five minutes concentrated, maybe. I could see them doing something like that. Yeah, but, not an hour and a half. No. That's the thing. This show was too long. Yeah. And that was the one hill that I'm willing to die on is that their decision to make it one year and was completely in conflict with how long the show was. Yeah. Well, that'll about do it. Yep. Shall I sign us off as we do normally on the podcast? Yeah, and then I'll sign us off from stream. Well, you'll hear hear more from us, especially at Summer Games Fest announcements dropping left and right. So we'll have more reactions in the weeks to come to everything that comes across your screens. But for now, we're tapping.